All right, welcome to the Seed Coach Podcast. This is another episode um, and another first really for me. Um, but before I introduce my guest, I'm going to do it in a, in a different style, but probably a style that resonates with him, how he's used to being introduced um, in, in the events that he, he sort of brings life to. So we're going to stop. I'm going to start with um, that intro right now. So brilliant. So now that you heard who we have in the hot seat today, we have no other than Dylan Jima. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Arthur. Thank you for having me on. Brilliant. No, first of all, I want to wish you and all of the listeners a happy Vasaki. Um, it's just passed uh, last week, 14th of April. And um, it's a point, a lot of people call it Vasaki. And I think the meaning of Vasaki is actually the fe- harvest festival, but actually the meaning for Sikhs is the birth of the Khalsa. And I think that's the most pertinent part of it. But I think you 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 show that spirit in what we do. So um, we'll do it. wish you a happy Vasaki as well. And a super congratulations for the weekend. Um, you smashed it. You know, we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But um, yeah, I think it'd be great for you just to give a brief introduction. Who is Dylan Chima for those that don't know? Yeah. Hey, yeah, so firstly, thanks for having me on. Thanks for the introduction. It's, uh, it, it brings back, it, 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 it seems so far away, but it brings back memories already. It gives me butterflies just to hear that entrance and hear that, hear that uh, announcement again. So, yeah, so, so, thanks, thanks for doing that. I think it's, yeah, it, it was good. Um, so, yeah, Dylan Chima, who, who am I? Obviously, Dylan is, is a name that people know me as and refer me as, and it's something, you know, my parents have called me that ever since I, I, was, I, was, I was born. It was just a nickname that, don't know where it came from. It came from somewhere. Um, Dilraj Devasing Chima is my full name. Um, so people can, can refer to me as Dilraj or Dil or Dylan. I, I'm not bothered. Um, if you remember my name, I'm happy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so that, that was me. And obviously, you know, martial arts has been a big part of my life since I was 10, well, essentially since I was six, seven years old. I, I trained out in a gym in Coventry originally. Um, and then moved over, you know, sort of took a bit of a break and did did the normal stuff, did the football, rugby, not so much rugby, actually didn't like contact back then, football, swimming, and, you know, had my tuition and stuff and sort of went down, down the sort of general routes that you would expect, stood in Punjabi school every Sunday from a young child as well. That, 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 that was good fun because obviously you meet people, uh, I, I grew up in quite a, an area where there was, you know, not 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 many not many Sikhs around. There was me and my best mate at school, um, and obviously my brothers and sisters, um, and and that was us. And we grew up in grew up in a pretty much a, an English culture. So to go to my job at school every week was nice to mix with mm-hmm. you know, people of our own. Essentially, if that if that doesn't sound rude, um, you know, just to sort of resonate with people that that have similar. Have similar backgrounds to, to myself so, so that that was really good um but yeah so 10 years old joined the joined, joined a martial arts gym um 
my coach. I call him Uncle Baggy, but he's essentially like a like a dia, like a like a father figure to me. Um, so my best mate, uh, my, my best friend's dad. He used to drive us to training and stuff in Birmingham. So did that since I was ten. Um, had my first competition six months later. Broke my nose and absolutely loved it. <laughs> That's a story that people don't realise. Is I went into the ring and in the first, it, you know, at that sort of age, ten, you sort of don't really do head contact in kickboxing. It's more geared around, you know, getting the feel for the ring and talk, just having that exposure, just to have that adrenaline rush and, and get used to things. Um, and I broke my nose, <laughs> so that that was an eye opener for me. Um, and then I, I then competed three weeks later and and lost that competition. Um, but re really had had you know high hopes for me from there. You know, people were saying a lot of good things from me from a young age from that point on. And from that one loss, actually, that really you know that really spurred me on to think. Do you know what I can? I actually quite like this. I, I really enjoy this. I like the training. I like the atmosphere of the gym. I like I like you know you know I like the graft and the dedication that you can that you put in. I had a lot of you know big time fighters in my gym as well, which are my coaches today. Seeing them train really, you know, pushed me to to train even harder because that 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 I just thought that's what they're doing it. I've got to do it. I just I remember watching them in the gym and watching them punch and kick the bag in a certain way. I would just copy them and just do that. Then watch them do it again. If they were doing press ups at the end of the, end, end of end of the training session and when we were all finished and they're doing training extra, I wanted to do that extra, you know. So I really loved what I did from a young age. Um, and then that sort of just carried on all the way through my teens, up and into my early twenties, uh, and then obviously went off to university. Um, so you know, education was a big part of my life as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not essentially book smart as everyone says. I've had, to, I'm one of those that, you know, if I wanted to get a good result, I really did have to study hard and I really did have to work hard for it. It didn't come easy to me. You know, I, you know, I sort of did have a lot of help growing up in terms of reading and, and making sure my handwriting was good as well. Because, you know, as you get older, handwriting is very important. It, it really is because you know people want to want to be able to read what you say, <laughs> read yeah. what you write. So you're so keen. So I did have a lot of help growing up, um, and and yeah, and but I also into that boxing and kickboxing really you know, help me because it helped me keep, give me that focus, help me, give me that discipline and really help me grow into the person I am today. Um, so I am thankful for every element and every aspect, whether that is good or bad, you know, everyone goes through through tough times as well. I've had my fair share of those. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably probably get into it later on the podcast as well. Um, and and yeah, so, so that was me. And then, you know, I decided to, I won my first and you know, got deeper into kickboxing after I finished university. Won my first world title when I was 21. Won my second world title when I was 22. Had a big unification fight um, at the end of end, end of 2019 and decided I wanted to go into boxing now and give that a try. Unfortunately, it sort of got into lockdown in 2020 um, and obviously everything shut down. So I stayed, kept myself in the gym and kept myself dedicated um, to, to, to what I wanted to achieve and then Managed to get a competition, had my first professional boxing fight in 2021 um, and had my second professional boxing fight at the end of 2021 as well. And had this wonderful opportunity on the Boxer Series um, showing up at the end of February. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a journey, but I think um, the hard work's starting to pay off now. It, it, it really is, you know, all, all them long days, long nights 
tireless nights, you know, where, where you think, oh, is this really what I want to do? And you happen to work and stuff as well and, and, and trying to trying to pave that way as well. It's it's all starting to pay off now, which is really good to see. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a journey. It, it has been a journey to, to get to where I am today, but I'm loving every minute of, of it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack. But yeah, well, congratulations. I think the hard work, you know, I think a lot of people don't see so the iceberg and you see the tip of the iceberg. Now you, you've got the boxer series over the weekend and yeah. no doubt a lot of flurry of activity of people saying, well done, well done. And But they probably don't see that day in, day out graft or that journey from such a young age to where you yeah. are now. And no doubt, you know, going to continue and beyond that, um, God, God willing. Um, so, I guess the, the, the what do you study in university? Then what was the what was I, so, of choice? Yeah, it, it was actually quite quite a mad one. So I, I wanted obviously I wanted to get into to business. I wanted to get some sort of aspect of business. My family have got shops yes. out in Coventry, two shops in Coventry. So I've been in and around business pretty much my whole life. Um, Obviously, not having to run the business, but just working there day to day, seeing that operation, which which I always loved as well. And then um, my actually my doctor, my uncle, uh, my, my dad's youngest brother, he worked for a consultancy firm, and he used to tell me about stories where he used to go abroad and have all these nice holiday like business trips, and you know where they used to take their clients out, business with their clients to like hide out like Universal Studios, that sort of stuff, and in Florida, I was like. That's a bit of me. I lived, lived a nice life down in London and stuff. I thought that was a bit of me. That that's what I want to do. Yes. So that was that led me down to business analytic consultancy at Lancaster University. So I, I did a, a decent degree. I, I probably didn't get the, the best grade. I ended up. I walked out with a two two, um, and and that's you know still still a good result. Continuing, yeah. I, I actually did work two jobs as well. I was a full time, well part time amateur boxing coach as well as I, I, I was a youth worker as well I worked for the YMCA um, so I used to support a lot of young kids and young people in terms of using boxing as a mechanism to sort of help them through through their through their struggles and you know use boxing as a mechanism just to give that positive energy and give that positive vibe as well so I, I actually worked two jobs as well as as well as my degree which was, which was quite which was quite mad as well and trying to uphold a social life when you're university as well is is tough and then get the studies as well so I, I was fortunate that you know I, I did I did I did okay yeah, I probably didn't achieve what I would like to you'll want that yeah. first but I, I did okay and then yeah that then went off and tried to follow my career path which was business consultancy went down and worked in London for two years yeah. actually didn't really enjoy it um if, if I'm honest um I just realized it just wasn't wasn't for me it just wasn't the sort of business that I wanted to wanted to get involved in once you know you always have the dream you, you always have the vision in your mind don't you like your, your dream job and when you get that dream job if it's not what you expect it to be then it's sort of it's a bit of a downer yeah so yeah. I sort of sit, sit out my contract and then went back and worked in the family business for uh, I think 18 months and then then landed another job uh, for cash and carry, which is more in line with what I wanted to wanted to get it back into. Wow! So, yeah. so I think yeah, um, the the two the two the, the grades in the university. I got. I mean, I thought it's really funny, right? I so I did a business IT degree in Kingston, and I, for all these years, I thought I got a two two, 
and I and I put it down on my C. I put it down on my CV. I got two two. And you know, in those days, they were quite like black and white. If you didn't have a two one, they were yep. not going on for consultancy jobs or the big four, yep. whatever, whatever. But nowadays, things have changed. You know, they 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 don't really they look at other things like experience rather than university. So I realized when I, was doing my, I applied for an MBA, uh, which I finished last year, and I took out my transcripts and I actually had a two one, which is really. <laughs> I just didn't I, I mean, look, I, I think there's always there's always that argument that says you're only as good as your last result, you're only as good as your last job, you're only as good as your last fight. You know, it, it's what you did last that that people really look at first. And you know, for me, a two-two was way in the past. Now I've had two jobs since then. So what do they look at last now? They're going to look at what I'm doing now. So yeah, it's it's not. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is I thought it was the end of the world. That I, I was going to struggle to get a job or I was going to struggle later on in life because I didn't get that 2-1 that everyone, you know, you look at job careers and you know, graduate opportunities, it's always a 2-1 and above. And I, and, I, and I was dreading it because I thought it was going to be tough. It was tough, but it's it's sort of how, how you come across and what, you know, what you did your time, how you can portray, how you can sell, sort of sell that time, what you did at university as well, which is really important. Yeah, 100%. I think that's it. It's like, you can be really good at studying, like you said. Like I wasn't the same as well. I, I didn't know. I couldn't do exams. I didn't know. You know, studying is very difficult. It didn't come yeah. naturally. Plus, it's for the masses. You know, it's not practical. But if you're a problem solver, you know, and you can prove that, that's better than any grade. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the value that you can bring to an organization and the innovation. One hundred percent. I think the biggest thing I've I, I found is, is that if you can, it. it as you get down to employers, if you if you come across well and, and you're only honest, you know, if you start if you if you start saying, you know, if you start talking a load of rubbish and start selling yourself over the odds, then it'll just tell. And, and time will tell as well. If you just keep it simple and, and just be yourself, be honest, then that'll come through and and true, really good employers will see that and, and we'll be able to we'll be able to sift through the good from the bad. So I, I guess the result isn't a bad thing. It's it's how you come across and, and what you think you can bring to 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 a business and, and to a to a to a yeah to, to a business and, and how how you think you can adapt and how that comes across to to the employer that sat across from the table as well. Yeah, brilliant. So so it's good. So had so I think it's a bold move as well. Like you've you've you thought this thing was your dream, the consultancy thing. Or you did that, got the job. And then, you know, it, it's quite bold. What you find is a lot of people think that I've committed a lot of investment in this path and I've got to stick with it. It yeah. kind of, for me, it, it, it shows, um, you know, empowerment that you're taking charge and you're realizing actually, yeah, actually not for me. But how did you, was it easy for you to just say, right, actually, this isn't for me or, or how, is it, how did you come across that decision? Um, it, it was sort of, you know, I sort of got 18 months into a two year contract and, and realized, no, it, this just wasn't for me. It, it, I, I soon quite realised in eighteen months that this wasn't for me. I was just going to see the contract out. So as soon as I walked walked out, and you know, I, I walked back into in, in so I had a job via an agency as well. Yeah. So I walked back into the agency and said, "Look, what's what's available now? What's going on?" And they said, "Well, you know, we're going to cut. Well, m money isn't everything, but they said we're going to cut your money. We're not going to." help you and support you as much anymore you just sort of got to try for it now yourself yeah and I sort of thought you know what I can't I can't I can't do this London trip no more it, it just wasn't for me I was traveling from commentary every morning still leaving oh. getting the first train slow train at half five and I wasn't getting back till 10 o'clock at night some, some nights 
obviously, uh, you know, at that sort of age when I was 21, you know, just paying for the train was enough. <laughs> I, couldn't then, I couldn't then afford to then just, you know, start paying for hotels and food on top of that as well. So, you know, it, it was sort of a decision that it wasn't easy because at the end of the day, I'm giving up a, a salary, essentially, a, a salary where, where, where I could have just continued and carried on. But I then walked, I just made the bolt, you know, I thought, you know what, walk away and just, if I'm not happy, I think the biggest thing is if you're not happy, you know, don't, don't, don't do something you're not happy doing. It was tough. I, I could tell you, it was tough. It sort of, for about a period of two or three weeks, I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And I was looking at jobs and thinking, applying for jobs and getting shut down and getting rejected because I, I, I didn't even know why. I was, wasn't getting past the first stage, so I, di I didn't think there was going to be no end to it. And then fortunately, slash unfortunately for me, lockdown hit in 2020. That, so it was the back end of 2019 when I walked away from consultancy and walked into my family business at, in December 2019. And, um, and yeah, so then lockdown hit in 2020. And I pretty much went full time in the family business then uh, and sort of took a, took a sort of management role within the business. Yes. Um, and yeah, that, and, that, and that carried on for a period of about six to eight months, all through lockdown. And it was probably August, uh, sorry, July 2020, when I got approached by... Um, one of my friends at the business that I work for now, Parfits, and said, look, there's an opportunity here. Do you want to explore it? Do you want to see what's happened? It's a new role. So yeah. it's a new role to the business as well. It's a new role for you as well. But do you want to, have, do you want to explore it? And I did. And I'm, I'm glad I did because ever since I've joined joined, joined Parfits, I've absolutely loved every minute of it. And it was a business that felt, I really felt at home straight away. And, you know, some people, you know, I felt lucky that I found a job that I did at the right time as well. And it just sort of clicked and I've been happy ever since. On Genuinely, you know, I drive up to Manchester every single day and um, I'm on the road from half five, quarter six every morning. And I love it because if I didn't love the job, then I wouldn't be doing the driving. London was a proof for that for me. So I actually love every minute and it off. I honestly, you know, sometimes your cards just fall right and it, and it fell right for me. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I think that's a um, really important point about happiness, actually. You know, you only live once, but if you're not happy, what's the point? Like, you know, yeah, yeah it's a difficult path, but you're going to have to do something for your own happiness because nobody else is going to do that for you. Yeah, that's it. How was, that's the, how was the support from your parents then, like, throughout making these decisions and stuff? Were they quite supportive or did you have to kind of navigate that as well? So, no, so, I mean, my, my parents have been very supportive from day one. Um, they, they've always said, just follow what, what you love, follow what you do. Yeah. They don't like me doing fighting. They don't like me doing boxing. They've never liked me doing they don't. They've only ever seen me compete twice in okay. 16 years. They've never come to any of my professional fights, whether that's kickboxing or what. They, they, they've never come. Yeah. They, they, they just can't bear it. Um, but they, they are, in terms of work, they are really supportive. Look, they, they were the ones that actually said, if you don't enjoy working, that job that job I was doing don't do it you know they're the ones that actually said you know just don't do it then just just, just walk away and find something that you love and you know I, I had quite a number of conversations with mom and dad about what I wanted to do and the career path that I wanted to follow I always loved retail and, and shop shopkeeping and the, the wholesale industry and that was you know always a passion of mine so I was been in and around it since I was three four five years old you know that that was what I love. I love I love working in the shop in in my holidays, 
because yeah. uh, that was spending time with the family. But I, I, I love spending time with the customers, talking to customers, just that interaction as well. And then as I got older, started interacting with suppliers. So they really supported me on this journey to, to get to to get to working in the wholesale industry as well. And that they have supported me all the way through as well. And, you know, not, a, you know, I've never asked for financial support. I've just, I've just asked for, just back me and, and just, just support me with, with, with you know, you call, I think you call it emotional support, don't you? Yeah. More yeah, than anything. Awesome, awesome support. More support, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Definitely, you need that. I think that goes a long way, um, especially in our culture, like we're quite embedded within the family unit. And um, if you grow up in a positive one, you know, it, can, it just allows you to grow and thrive. Uh, so and I guess it's a, it's a, I suppose it's a common one actually. What parents really want to see their kids go into a ring and get potentially be you know yeah. hurt. Yeah. And stuff. Um, it's really funny because we come from a martial background. You know, when we come from our Sikh history, you know, it's, it's like it's full of like um, warriors and sort of yeah. spirits and stuff. And I think I was listening to another podcast that you were on as well, and you kind of touched on this point um, around you know obviously. Our parents immigrated from their country. They came in with, with very limited resources. So for them, it was establish um, a graft and make a foundation for us. And then yeah. they wanted us to choose good fields that we, we would then have be safe and secure and stuff. So we kind yeah. of lost, we almost feel that we lost a bit of that, you know, that spirit of um, martialness that we're, you know, all yeah. Guru set up, you know, wrestling, a kare. We, you know, Guru Hargobind set up an army. You know, we've been very physical for good reason because we're supposed to be out there. So do you feel some of that, you know, history of, you know, that has influenced your decisions or is it just more the route that you've come across? And Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's really influenced my my um, my decision down down into, into boxing and martial arts. It's just sort of, you know, as as you get to find out more about about religion and culture and what the Gurudjis have done, it just sort of helps. It just sort of you know, before, especially before this this fight, I was you know I was having words myself saying, look, this is this is what what we do. This is who we are. We are warriors. We we are fighters through and through because we've also we've always had to fight for what we believe in. Exactly. Whether that's today, whether that was years ago, or you know back back in them back in them early, we've always had to fight for what we believe in and. We had to fight for ourselves, so that sort of that really did resonate and really carry me through, especially in 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 this last fight as well. Um, but in terms of that that decision that down in down into into boxing, it was just something I loved to be honest, yeah. and and that's what really drove drove me into it. Brilliant. So I think like I I recently joined. Well, I've I've done a little bit of kickboxing before, but nothing. Like yeah. You were done um but you know part of that there's a lot of conditioning in there a lot of conditioning like we used to do like shin to shin you know the, the, those those shin pads were thin on purpose so you condition your forearms yeah yeah a lot of that a lot of that sort of helped to sort of go into the boxing space with a bit of you know all of that foundation you built in kickboxing and sort of um bring that resilience like i i watched uh, i watched the, the the matches the free matches you did on the weekend yeah you took a lot of punches you know and, and you know, even though the, they was commenting about having a strong chin and all that stuff you think you know all of that has been sort of brought through from your kickboxing early career and sort of transpired into boxing really what the 100 i think the kickboxing one thing I, I was very much underestimated i was very much unknown as well you know 
A few of the Sky pundits did mention to me they've seen my kickboxing fights on very tough now, very good wars and, and all the rest of it. So they may have seen some of the tough wars that I've been through, but they didn't really understand what it is like. When you're kicking shins, yeah. you're kicking elbows, and your legs... Are, I remember, you know, three 12-round three fights, but I couldn't walk during the fight after round five because my shins were that sore. Yeah. But I had to just carry on. That mental toughness that you have to go through just to continue, you know, push through that barriers and, and keep fighting through those through those injuries is something that these boxers haven't really been through. You know, especially the ones that have probably grew up on the amateur circuit. You know, they, they go through the regular, they go through the three-round wars. And do you know what? Some of these amateur fights are really tough. Yeah. They are all action, they are all out, they are it's a different level that I think I've been through to what they've been through. Um, I've just been through the real grit and I had to really dig deep and I, I think that really that made the difference on, on Saturday night that made you know especially with Charlton they all called him the banger they all called him the the, the, the boogeyman that was going to knock everyone out yeah. heavy favourite two to one and I walk in and just stand there toe to toe pretty much uh, for the last round with him and I, I wasn't phased there was nothing that was going to stop me or put me down there was no shot where I thought oh like you know I, I'm in trouble here. You know, he caught me with a few shots, granted, but there was nothing where I thought I'm in genuine trouble here and I, I need to do something. I, I need to be careful. I, that never came across my mind one bit. I just thought, if he hits me, I've got to hit him three times now to make them points back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. I think I love your attitude. You know, you were there. You were there for a reason. You knew why and you were going for the win. You were, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't an egoic way. It's like, you know, there's a difference between somebody who's like, I, it's what I, I did, I'm a professional account, a qualified accountant. One of our exam um, examiners had an article and he goes, I never wish my students luck. Never. Because if yeah. you've done your hard work, if you've done the work, you're going to pass. Like, yeah. it felt like that for you. Like, you've done so much work in the background, you know, you've had the kickboxing background as well. You're yeah. determined, very, very determined. Like, how... How did you get that confidence? Where does it come from? Is it just because of the the hard work? Is it the team behind you? What what's kind of pushing? It's you? yeah. I, I mean, I mean, the, the confidence. Yeah, I wasn't naturally a confident person. To, to be honest, growing up, um, I was a very very shy routine. I did actually get bullied all the way through school, primary school, secondary school, and never really a fighter actually uh, until I stepped into kickboxing, where I absolutely loved it. Um, so that sort of if you saw me today and probably saw me when I was 12, 13, or probably 10, 12, 13, probably sort of a slightly different person back then. But the confidence today just comes from, you know, I know that I, I, the hard work that I've done. Um, my coaches know that the hard work that I've done and, and, and what we put into the training camp, you know. Not everyone sees. I don't always put... I put clips and, and bits and bobs on social media to keep things active, but yeah. you don't see what's going on behind the scenes. You don't you don't actually hear the conversations that we're having. We was actually confident. My coaches, I didn't look at any single one of the fights, fighters, fights previous to the top prior to the tournament. My coaches did that, um, and they were really confident from day from day one, really that, that I could win this uh, and that we could really do well and, and make a statement. And um, that's where the confidence comes from. It's not. You know, some people get it get 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 it lost with cockiness. Yeah, I'm not cock. I, I don't. I, I never want to come across as cocky or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I just want to say say it how it is, and I just want 
people to see me for me and I only want to be me. I, I don't want to change, change that or change that perception at all. You know, the confidence is, I said it, I said it from my first ever interview with Sky, which was, I'm here to win. And I said it on, on the night and I said it on the week prior in, in the fight week interviews as well as I'll come here to win because that's what I believed I could do. You know, I'd be crazy if I didn't think that because then I've already lost before I've already walked in the ring. Exactly, but yes. I was confident that I, I'd, I'd put the hard work in and I knew what I'd been through, you know, to, to get to where, where, to get to the confidence level where, where, where I was at before the fights on Saturday. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that that's a real good point. Like, you have to strive to, like, you have to. Otherwise, if you don't strive, you're never going to get there. If you can't vision yourself, you see what I mean? And like it says, you can't just vision it without doing the work. <laughs> that's the yeah, work. that's it. And I'll, be, and I'll be honest, like, you know, I, I came into boxing with an aspirations to win Nottingham Midlands title and maybe get on TV later on down the line. And, you know, it, it wasn't, it, I, I, didn't, I didn't start saying that I was going to, go take over the world and start doing this. I'm going to change, change the shape of boxing. I, I, I never said that. I just kept it real and kept it honest and just said, look, I'm just going to do what I want to do and build the career that I would like to build and obviously work as well because, you know, boxing, for, for, all, for, all, for all good that it's done, it doesn't pay a wage, you know. It, it, it doesn't pay a, a, a big enough wage for me to warrant, you know, giving it work, you know. Uh, Granted, now a tough decision is going to have to be made because I, I actually love the business that I work for and I love my boxing career as well. So, yeah, that, that sort of changed on, on that front. But, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I think I like, I like the point around you want to be you. And I think there's a, like a famous quote that says, right, be you because everyone else is taken. So, <laughs> like... Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'll do you that myself now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, like, to... To actually be yourself is is the thing that resonates with everybody, and actually it's alignment, isn't it? So you don't have to be something that you're not. Um, but yeah, I love that. I think that that's something that you know. I think we need more of um, a representation of the true you. Who are you? And be yeah. bold. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, we're, we're all proud of, of of other things that people, other celebrities that you know. I'm not. I'm not calling myself celebrity, by the way. <laughs> uh, other, you know, you, you look at like, for example, Cristiano Ronaldo, or you look at you know. Messi, two big footballers, and you're proud of what they do and what they achieve. Yes. But what about what you've done yourself? You know, yeah. what, what you achieved yourself is just as good as what they've achieved. Yeah. Everyone's gone through their own struggles to overcome and succeed and, and progress. Be proud of that. You know, re, re, you know, you should be able to be you think, think about that and, and and share them stories where you want to because we've all got a different journey to we're all on a different journey, maybe getting to the same place or a different place, but be proud of when you get to there that, that you've earned earned, 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 earned it. Yeah, 100%. Like you'd be, as um, I don't know if you heard of him, there's a guy called David Goggins, he's like an ex-Navy SEAL and stuff. And his book talks about that. He says, look, I am not your hero. You are the hero of your your own journey. You know, be the hero, heroine, you, you've got your own life. Make your story and you know, be proud about it because don't compare yourself to anybody else because their journey is completely different. Yeah. So brilliant. So um, around what's next for boxing then? So what is your after this weekend's win? Is it like yeah. time to consolidate, think and think about so, it? Yeah, so, so first off, you know, the first, the weekend is normally time with family. Yeah, I spend time with my family. Um, you know, if you can imagine that, I leave home at half five in the morning. Yeah. Um, I, 
back after my two gym sessions and a day's work. I'm not back till 10 o'clock in the evening, Monday to Friday. Um, Saturdays are double backed out with gym sessions and sleep and Sundays gym sessions and sleep and gym sessions again. So you can imagine I don't actually have much time to, to spend with my family. Um, that's that's what my first week is. It, weekend's all about is just spend the time just catching up, switch off from, from everything that I've done and, and what we're doing, leave my phone to one side and just catch up with the family and now and now things are starting to settle back down and you know yeah my feet haven't left the ground uh, and that's honest truth is I've just taken it all in and just just soaked it all up but I've just sort of yeah it hasn't really hit me if, if, that, if that yeah it hasn't really hit me I've just sort of said all right sound yeah I, I've won three fights and that's it <laughs> um but but now but now look now now you know winning the tournament sort of guarantees that I'm going to get a Sky Sports and Boxer promotion co- promotional contract, which is absolutely fantastic. I think I will be the first Sikh fighter with a Sky Sports contract in... I couldn't even tell you when the last one was. Um, yeah. I, I was first to walk out with my Dullies as well, yeah. with, with the Dull players. So I was the first one ever to, to have that live on Sky. That was the first thing that I you know, got entered into the tournament. I said to my manager... I've got to have my drummers there, man. I've got to have them there because this is who we are. This is what this this is my time to really yeah. showcase what we're about. Yes, uh, I think people really love that and really tuned into that because it really showed off our community and showed off our our, our people and what what we're about. We're all about you know the drums come out and it's all about fun and having a dance and you know you know that them fun times and I really wanted that to show on Saturday. So now it's yeah. Sit back, relax, and hope to get a contract signed, and then look at look at getting back into getting back into some boxing now. Um, probably end of May, early June. I, I, I would like. Yeah, I keep me busy as well, and keep me active up and down the country now. So, you know, to be honest, it's it, it is life changing for me as well. It's you know, it's changed the shape of my boxing career um, massively, and and I just want to take it day by day, week by week, and and just. Just continue just to, to be me and, and, and just grow myself as well, uh, as well as everything else. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, yeah, I think it, I think we underestimate the the power of just taking respite, like just taking time out to figure out and absorb. And it was also actually mark the occasion. Like, you know, there's a lot of hard work that you put in and it's nice to just mark the occasion yourself and say, right, well done for getting there. You know, it's, it's all yeah. that blood sweat and tears um because you know what you've been through nobody else um you and your team and everybody else in your family who's supported for it um just take time out with them um i see you you you're on instagram you usually post about like you you tend the gudwara it's kind of like a place it seems like the place you'd like to go you know sort of contemplate yeah. and sort of take it all in and sort of um yeah it's a lot so that that's very much a, every week every, every, it was every sunday but i started to go on saturdays just to fit around because of training and stuff um but i, I go to nana so i got the road in coventry on Fosa road every single week yeah. and i have done for the last four well we, we go typically as a family every sunday or every other sunday where we can but this is very much i'll go every single week now well we all go every single week now um I'll be doing the in Coventry that they've got the Nugget Ethan this weekend oh, um, on Sunday. So on Sunday, there will be the 24th, I think, 23rd, 24th. Yeah. Um, so I'll be doing that this weekend as well, because that's something, again, that, that I enjoy doing. The, the sun's out and it's just nice because 
we're all out as a community. We're all out together. Coventry all comes out, and we all just just have have have, have a nice time and, and you know just just go go for that go go for that mega kids It is it is really nice of an event to be a part of. So I'm doing that on Sunday as well. Awesome. Yeah. So um, just for those that might not know what Nagakitan is, it's a procession to celebrate Masaki, um, the birth of the Khalsa. And after COVID, you know, we have we missed out on this for like two years yeah. or so. So it's like yeah. we've got one in Slough the same time on the weekend. Okay. So we're looking forward to going to, to that and just, you know, take it all in. Hopefully the weather will be good. And, you know, it's always a lot of food. <laughs> food. So I'm sure you can take a break from your diet. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of food. I mean, it, it, it's nice because everyone sort of, talks and chats and mingles yeah. and you know it, it it really is a community event you know you all just turn up and just you know even even though it, as religious as it is we, we all mingle and talk and it's really open as well and that's what i like as well it's just it brings everyone together yeah 100 percent. and commentary's got a big seat community as well um so there's, there's there's a lot of people there i used to live there for a couple of years myself i used okay. to go to good as well um regularly yeah like sunday so yeah i know what you're talking about so um the other thing i was going to talk about was like the um so is there anything you do so from your even for your university career you talked about doing youth work and uh, two jobs and doing your study at the same time like now you know throughout a number of years you've been doing your kickboxing you've earned your titles through that um but you've still been working, helping with the family business. You know, there's always seems to be multiple things that you're juggling, um, but managing to do them all. What's your secret around time management? How do you fit it all in? That is a big question that everyone asks you because yeah. you're mentioning yeah. it on the, the match as well. Like, how does he do this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, people do ask me that a lot of the time. I, I mean, it's difficult, especially when there's... So now that I'm not in competition, I'm not training for far, I have a lot more free time. Um, but sac- unfortunately, sacrifices have to be made. You know, I- I've got to pick and choose. And unfortunately, part of those sacrifices are not seeing my family, not seeing my friends, and you know, not being able to go out. And, and you know, when when there's a function going on, um, one of my one of my close family, nine times out of ten, I probably won't attend those because of gym or training or work. So I do have to make sacrifices, and and that is a difficult thing. That's the thing that people don't really realize is. Yeah, it's all good, glamorous. Since Saturday night, and it was all big and the big lights and the big event. They don't realise that the, the, what the work that I've had to really put in to, to get there. You know what I've had to make. You know, I don't sleep loads. I don't have loads of hours of sleep. You know, I'm in bed for ten. I'm well, I'm home at ten. I'm in bed for eleven, half eleven. Sleep for half eleven. I'm up then at five o'clock every morning. So, you know, and that's Monday to Friday. On the weekends, I'm up at half seven and have an hour kip in the afternoon and I'm training again in the evening. So again, it's, it sacrifices and this is what I want to do. And I know that in this short time, I can make those sacrifices. So I've got the rest of my life to, to really live what I want to live, do the holidays, go out, see friends, see family as, as much as I can. I've got the rest of my life to do that. It's, it's about now is, is what I want to work towards to be able to live that, 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 hopefully comfortable life when I, when I, when I, when I grow a little bit older. Um, so yeah, it is hard. It is hard. It, it does get tiring. Sometimes I'm driving back on the motorway and I'm like tired. I've got to pull over and I can't eat anything. I can't drink anything. I'm just sipping on a few, few, few sips of water there. So it is difficult, but you know, I wouldn't change it for the world uh, as well. Yeah. 
I think that's um, it's a, it's a difficult one, hundred percent. It kind of resonates with a lot of people that have like high achievers or people that have excelled in their field because almost you've got a finite amount of attention and time, um, but in order for you to master something, you've got to commit and yeah. and unfortunately. Yeah. Is to that's, that's it and, and, then, and there's a big saying my actually one of my coaches Simon Cooper said this to me a while ago and we was talking about time and time's a big word so people always say to me oh I haven't got the time I haven't got the time to this you've got the time to do whatever you want to do you know it's how you prioritize your time is the biggest is the biggest thing so if you put your priority time is you want to go out for a meal on a Saturday night but you haven't got time to go and study for an exam that you've got the, the, the following week that's how that's how you choose you know no, no one can tell you to prioritize your time no one can tell you what to do it's how it's what you decide to do and how you want to use your time wisely um so for me it's i prioritize my time around the gym work and and family as much as i can um probably in in that order as well um so unfortunately my family do have to come number three but they, they understand that as well I, I, i'm always there for them you know i am always there for them but you know time is always a big word it is a very big word <laughs> yeah and it's um probably the most i always say time is the most precious thing you have um yeah. and some most of the time we substitute it for money um that yeah. doesn't necessarily make us happy or endeavors that doesn't really enrich us like you say yeah i think the, the, the exact things when people say I don't have enough time, but you're like, we all get the same 24 hours a day. Yeah. You don't get any more, don't get any less. So hopefully you get it the next day when you wake up. Um, yeah, that's it, yeah. No, that, that that's very true, you know. I don't have more time than you. You don't have more time than me. It's how you spend your time is going to be beneficial to you. That might not be beneficial to me because I, I, I live a different lifestyle to you. So, yeah. you know, how we live our lives are going to be different. But if it works for you, carry on. Exactly. Keep, keep doing what you're doing because you do, you're doing really well. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Do what you need to do. Um, and then it is the difficult decisions. And actually, there is there is a number of things, obviously, circumstances prevail that are in your control. But if you start figuring out what is in your control versus what's not in your control, you can then start to at least make small changes. Like something we did at work recently was we had a step challenge and suddenly you realize how much you can walk in your house. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you would not imagine how much you can walk in your house <laughs> to get those steps up. <laughs> Otherwise you're just oblivious to it. Nah, I've got to go out, I've got to put my trainers on, I've got to get an hour. Yeah. But actually if you manage to carve out five minute slots of 20 times a day, you know, it's a yeah. difference. I mean, even just something simple as, you know, you know, you need to leave the house. So what do you do? You leave your shoes upstairs, go get your shoes. Oh, you forgot your jacket, go get your jacket. Oh, you forgot your keys. That's three times you walked up and down the stairs just to get three different things, but you've got your three steps in. Yeah, it was really funny in my house. I was like, I was suddenly happy to take out the washing, pick up something <laughs> I forgot from upstairs. My son's like, can you get this? Yeah, yeah, I've got to. Suddenly yeah. you're, like, you're really, really helpful around the house. And they're like, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Just get your steps in. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a mindset really. And I think you, you mentioned in prior podcasts around training and sort of having limitations and having to do things at home in the garden and stuff and it's in your early years um and it's discipline you you even talked about you know looking after your diet when you went to education oh yeah oh i can tell you some stories now like 
it was it was i think i was 13 at, at this age um i was training for a, a junior english kickboxing title so it's only amateur head guards and stuff five rounds i took this so seriously it, it, this really meant the world but i was studying for going in towards my gcse's at that sort of age. no i might have been 14 or 15 so i was going in towards my gcse's um and you know my parents sort of said you need to keep your studies going if your grades dip we're gonna pull you out of kickboxing yeah but we understand that this is what you want to do and this is what you like doing so we're not going to stop you which i appreciate as well so i remember coming back from school um every every day i tried to train three days a week um in the gym so every other day that I wasn't in the gym get a rucksack on my back um fill it with loads of books and start jogging around the garden <laughs> and, and just do like for 30 40 minutes around my garden um every other day and then i'll come back in i'd have one rugby and then i'll go upstairs sorry you know after my run i'll go upstairs with my book bag and do sit-ups on the end of my bed yeah and that was that was my workout when i wasn't at the gym and then i'll go downstairs and have my one rugby yeah. diet you know obviously rugby is it's a staple you know as as probably the english culture's bread rugby is yeah. our, our bread um, you know, our, our body does naturally digest rugby quite easily, so we can we can eat rugby. It is part of my diet as well as a professional boxer. Yeah. You know, our bodies are made up for it. So why am I gonna why am I gonna starve my body for it? So I used to have one rugby, and at school as well, I used to walk around and, you know, I think we used to have desserts back in those. I'll say back in those days, not that long ago, but for about 10, 10, 15, 10 about ten years ago, I used to have desserts. I used to never have the desserts, just have a half a cheese sandwich and a bottle of water and, yeah. and, and, and that was me for the full day. So I used to, I used to, I took it very seriously from a very young age because I used to speak to my coaches and that's what they were doing. Yeah. While the other fighters in the gym, now my coaches, that's what they were doing. So I thought they're doing it. I've got to do it. I remember, oh, I remember this at school, um, at PE and um, in the physical education uh, classes, we used to do skipping. And I remember the kids being so amazed at how well I could skip. Few of the boys used to call me girls. But I, was, <laughs> I was I was just like, I'm showing off my skills now. Isn't my moment to shine? And yeah. we used to be running around the laps. I was never really an athlete, to be honest, never really the fastest or the fittest. But when we used to do laps around the school field, I was I used to get the stopwatch and ask the teacher to time me. And I would try and keep my time week after week. So I would use the time to use the time at school as well. Yeah. Um to, to really um to, to help me in, in my in my fitness for training for fights so yeah. I was very much on 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 it from from a young age as well that's awesome that's amazing that's really uh, I like that it's, it's like you're so focused and determined uh, yeah using that school time to to add to your training yeah. and the rucksack idea I think yeah so another quick short tip I mean I, I, yeah the rucksack was just like I think I watched a movie. It might have been Karate Kid, one of the old Karate Kids. Yeah, I think he did old. that in one of them. And I thought, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use that myself. I never used to have a medicine ball or anything like that. I used to be scared like, to ask for a new pair of gloves or to be like, oh, you've got gloves, you're wasting money. What, what do you need it for? I used to use books were heavy, heavy, heavy object. Throw them in a bag. You've got it all in one sealed unit. Yeah. And away you go. Keep it simple. Yeah. Brilliant. So I'm conscious there, we've probably got to wrap up. You've got another meeting off this as well. Um, just a quick, I, I like to end up end the podcast with just your advice to budding people wanting to get in kickboxing, martial arts, boxing, 
Um, they're going to learn a lot from this podcast anyway, but probably just a summary of things that you think are the essential ingredients or any life lessons that you've learned yeah. that you would give to somebody else or maybe a younger version of yourself. But you you seem to be a one-off because you've kind of been in this thing game for early, but anybody else yeah. may not have that sort of um, coaches and teams and, and, and role models out there that you've managed to get a hold of. Yeah. I, I, I mean, for me, there's always a role model there. Um, so... I'm I'm very much an advocate for amateur and and yeah amateur boxing gyms or or martial arts clubs whether it be kickboxing, tie boxing, taekwondo because I I know full well that those coaches in the gyms in those gyms are unsung heroes for our communities. They help so many young people out there and they don't get the praise that they deserve. You know, we're, I've trained in gyms in London and those guys give me so much love and support and they're called Akal Muay Thai. And I absolutely love those guys to bits because they do so. They did so much for me while I was down there. They took me in as their own, and they still love and love and support me today. And my coaches up, up, up in Birmingham, Kitfit Martial Arts. They they've done the same and carried me through. So, for anyone out out there that wants to get into martial arts, just if you're unsure, hit me up on Instagram or hit me up on Facebook or or, or whatever. If you know someone, ask them because get down to the gym. It is awkward. It might might seem a bit awkward or you know hard at first and you might not know what you're doing but just do it and give it a try because i know that i know the benefits whether the benefits are to achieve what i've achieved on the weekend and, and, and beyond great crack on do it and really work hard at it but fully understand that it that there are sacrifices that you've got to make and you know there are yeah sacrifices and it's not going to be an easy road you know, money doesn't always come. I never chased the money. That was the biggest thing for me. I never chased the money. I just chased, I just wanted to do what I love and just continue to do it. Um, you know, chasing money always falls down flat on someone's face. And and that's my God, and that's my God's honest truth. Um, so for anyone that wants to try martial arts, hit me up if you don't know. I, I know quite a number of gyms up and down the country. I could point you in the right direction or, you know, just turn up at your local gym, you know. They might not look like they're a big club, but I guarantee you that there's going to be one coach in there that will give you the time and day and, and really put the time into you because them guys really are role models and they can teach you a lot of life lessons as well. That That's a really, a really big thing for me is these guys have got experiences that they can share with you and, and help you in, in your life as well. So go, go down to a martial arts gym and, and give it a try. If you don't like it, then yeah, then at least you've given it a try. That that's all I say. Just go and give it a try. Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. I mean, it, and and it's never too late to join. I joined um, a local club, uh, Ramgadia Sikoda. They started doing boxing in Slough, and yeah. and it's um, my our coach is Manraj Demon. So he's he's I think he's he's doing pro boxing as well. And okay, we went to watch him in a match as well. But the atmosphere, and this is just to say, right, first time I ever attended a boxing match ever. And I was like, it takes guts. And that was just, you know, it takes guts to go into a ring yeah. and everybody around you shouting for you and against you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I just go for fitness. But um, yeah, anybody who... yeah, but the, the, yeah, the, uh, even that alone is gonna gonna help you in your day to day life. Exactly, and and I've got a five year old son, so I'm kind of like trying to show him that if I go, then he can go, and you know, he'll there's more reason that he will then see dad's doing it. Um, yeah. That I want to do as well. Or... I, th I, th I think the biggest thing is that, you know, everyone says you get into martial arts to fight and compete. You don't have to. Yeah. You can go just, just for your own benefit. If you enjoy punching and kicking bags and pads and stuff, 
carry on doing it. You know, you don't have to become a fighter if you don't want to. Not everyone, you know, wants to or doesn't, you know, not everyone likes to get punched. I absolutely love it, but some people don't. So you don't have to do that. If you want to turn up and even if you just want to learn the technique and learn learn the art and skill of, of how to defend yourself, absolutely just 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 continue continue to do that. You know, I think I found, especially in martial arts, you'll never get forced into something you don't want to do. You can turn up and, and, and just train how you want to train, which is really nice to know because, you know, you aren't going to get forced into something you don't want to do. Yeah. And you're going to, and like you said, the life lessons, the mentors, the etiquette, the understanding of life, of, you know, just life lessons. And I think you mentioned in the previous podcast around, you know, um, understanding. W- w- to, when to use this as a defense mechanism yeah not as an oppression sort of mechanism so it kind of really resonates with having a good mindset in that younger year yeah. to keep you out of trouble um which i think gives a real good foundation for people 100 yeah brilliant okay it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast thanks very much thanks for having me on congratulations again on the weekend's success yeah. and no doubt i know it's been full of ups and downs but you know cherish this moment have time out and you know, I'd lo- I'd love to attend your next next fight as well. Um, yeah, wicked! That'd be really good. I support you, and I and I only hope all the listeners do the same as well, and for other other um, people in this in this field in our community as well. But um, thank you, thank you very much. You take Thanks care, man. He's a great boxer. I really yeah. like it. I'm a fan. That's the goal again. Absolutely, Michaela. He's coming of age here, Dylan Chima. As Ryan Charlton leaves nothing, emptying the tank, but it's Dylan Chima for us who deserves to be the lightweight champion at home in Coventry. Absolutely brilliant, a breathtaking nine minutes of action to cap what has been a fabulous night in the tournament series. And these guys were wonderful, they really were. Shima told everybody he would win all three and he'd do it at home for his fans and for us agree guys he deserves it absolutely he does and it made me fall in love with this tournament even more because he it did impress me with his boxing skills I actually think he has a future in the sport after seeing him tonight no absolutely I think um, he shocked a lot of people tonight and it was the confidence and the self-belief that he had right from the very start and um, a deserved winner of the tournament. Your final goes the distance, three rounds, and we go to the judges for the final decision. With all three judges seemed about the same, 29-28, in favor of your winner by unanimous decision.